All right, let's head over to St. Thomas Sports Park. Here's head coach Mike Vrabel. Maybe. Okay. Well, I thought we had the coach. I think we did, and then, you know, he... He's talking. He's talking, yeah. They have made it official, so he started with saying Ryan Tannehill will be the starter. I guess we'll we'll get to it in just a second, but um, I, I was hoping... I mean, you figured, you know, with the report out there that he was going to get up and he was going to make it official, but... You know, you don't want him to him and haw about it. You just want it to to become become a thing now. So now you can start the process of planning as they get back on the practice field today. You know, talk to the coaches. You know, to take input from a lot of people. Mike, two weeks ago you made the comment. You know, there's no more no fire the quarterback questions this week. So it it sounds like you flipped a lot about a 180 from then to now. Is it just the last two games have totally changed how you view Marcus? Um, I think it's it's collectively. I think some of the things that I say to you guys, I mean, obviously, if you take everything that I say, I mean, that that was somewhat of a a, a joke. But um, you have to look at the body of work, and we're really just trying to evaluate um, how we want to try to function the passes that we need to um, complete the uh, the operation, um, getting you know, the entire um, offense to be able to function score points, move the field, convert third downs, um, you know, and, and I'm very confident um, after having talked to Marcus and watched him, you know, prepare already today um, that if called upon at, at some point in time, um, we expect him to be ready to go. Um, it's not an easy thing for, for any player. Um, I would say that it's not an easy thing for, for a coach that cares about his players, that spends a lot of time with them. Uh, to make that decision, but we felt like this was the right thing for the team right now. What do you guys do as a staff, Mike, to make sure <clears throat> things go more smoothly for Ryan than they did for Marcus and you don't have to wind up in this position again? Um, I think that we have to continue to prepare and, and give them a plan and, and try to show them what we feel like are the keys to the game, um, what we're trying to do and why we're trying to do it. Evaluate what it looks like on on practice at practice to see if they can uh, realistically execute that game plan, make adjustments in it all the way up until game time. Um, try to show them as many looks to our core plays that we think we'll have in the game plan as possible, um, and continue to do you know try to teach them, to develop them, and and inspire them to to go do their job. What's your expectation level as far as players rallying around Ryan, kind of like they did? Marcus, um, I, you know, I would say the guys in this league, I think, rally around the players that they feel like they trust uh, to do their job, that that play hard. Um, you know, whether they're friends or off the field or whatever, I think that's the only thing that you can ask of a teammate is that he's prepared, he plays with great effort, um, plays through pain, exhibits some toughness. Though there's, you know, I think there's a lot of things that, you know, go into it. I, I don't know. You'd, you'd have to. I mean, I hope they play hard. I mean, that's that's our job is whether they rally around them or play hard or execute or catch the ball or block. We, we have to play better offensively. I, everybody understands that. Mike, in your evaluation of the offense, how much is it on the quarterback in this it, case, Ryan I, versus the other ten guys out there? I, I told the team this morning that. 
make a change and I made a decision, but you know, we, we have to play better. I mean, it's not, uh, it wasn't anything that I said that I didn't believe when it's not about one person or one player. Um, and so hopefully, you know, we can continue to, to improve a lot of those spots. Although it isn't about one person or one player, what is it that Ryan does differently uh, from, from Mariota? Is it decisiveness? Is, what is it that, that he does? Well, I mean, at, at this point in time, we'll, we'll have to see. I mean, he was able to get the ball out of his hand. I mean, we had to throw the football and where we were. Um, you know, so we'll kind of see where Ryan's at, you know, after a week of practice, um, you know, as we move forward. How did you tell both Ryan and Marcus at the same time? How did you break the news to either one? Um, just had him come in and, and met with him and talked with him and, and, bo- and let them both know. Was that today? No. Generally, what do you think are Ryan's football strengths that he's going to bring to you guys? Well, starting quarterback, um, has mobility. Um, I think he's shown that he could stay in the pocket and, and get the ball out. Um, I think he has some toughness and, you know, a, a lot of all the same, you know, qualities that every other quarterback has. What kind of alterations do you guys need to make to, to, to the plan? You've, you've changed the quarterback, but the have the plans been good enough? Obviously, the execution hasn't been good enough. What needs to happen plan-wise? Um, you know, I think it goes hand-in-hand, hand, Paul. I think they really do. Uh, when you talk about the plan, if it's not executed, um, you know, then, then it wasn't good enough, and the, and, the, and the execution and the plan itself wasn't any good. So, you know, we're not going to just sit there and fight the, well, it was a good plan, but, you know, those damn players. Or we're not going to say um, – you know, that, that that it's one or the other. It's really not. And so the the best plan is one that the players uh, believe in and understand and can execute uh, in, in critical situations um, on Sunday. Do you expect uh, maybe a, a bump or, or, like you said, a spark from the team simply because there's a change here sometimes that tends to, to elevate? I think we just have to play better. I think that's the best way to, to create plays is – is, um, is go make them. How does, How does maybe Marcus handle it? And I guess you expectation for him is to support Ryan and, and be a sure. Nobody's going to handle it well. I mean, these guys are competitive. It's it's pro football players. Um, you know, those those conversations I think should be, you know, left between me and them. And, but no, like no nobody handles it well. You mentioned. You expect Marcus to be ready when and if needed. Are you leaving the door open then for him to win the job back before the end of the season? Um, I wouldn't rule anything out. I just this is this is a decision that we made for this week, and you know I would you know, we're going to need Marcus in some form or fashion throughout the season. But I think the most important thing is this week. How does this decision reflect on you all as a staff? I think that. The biggest thing that reflects on us as a staff is is winning. So we have to win. Did you guys fail Marcus? Did Marcus fail you? Does it go hand in hand? Um, you know, I don't think that that's even something I've even tried to consider. Just trying to uh, get a team ready this week, um, be respectful of, of both the quarterbacks. That's, that's why I gave it the thought that I did and, and met with them uh, when I did. 
um, so that we can move forward with the game plan and, and getting these guys ready to go. Uh, the respect for the team uh, to try to let um, most of, if not all of the team leaders, to try to let them know um, prior to them seeing something on social media. I feel like we have a lot of guys that deserve to know uh, that, that bust their butt for us. So that's really what I'm concerned about. How frustrated was it with Marcus at times where you'd see him play really, really well, even going back to the Atlanta game two weeks ago, but certainly last year had a lot of big moments and big games, and then see what it's become uh, at Denver and, and where it is now? I'm just frustrated with um, you know the, the job that I've done right now through through six games to try to to lead the team to uh, to get them to understand the keys each week um, sometimes frustrated with um, you know a play here or a play there that you'd like to have back from from players that you have a lot of confidence in that you know um, that's probably not their their best play um, but it's about winning it's about you know coming to work every day working hard trying to give them the same message um, that they will need to to win the game. And that started this morning um, with a squad meeting and, and laid out the keys and tried to talk to them, showed show them tape. Um, we put the game plan in, and then we'll practice and, and we'll make corrections. Did Ryan uh, address the team at all this morning? Well, he'll get the whale on somebody other than me um, and our trainers and our strength coach, so that'll be good. Um, excited, excited for Jeff. I know that that John and <clears throat> myself, you know, when we when we, we met with him and we you know, looked at this process, we knew that it would take some time. Nobody had any um, real idea or expectations on how long it would take. We thought that by looking at Jeff and his physical stature and his genetics, that it would probably be less than what the normal person would be. And now this is the next step in his return to play, is to get out there on the practice field, uh, to be around um, other players, to line up next to guys, uh, to hear calls and communication. Um, so we'll see where it goes. And you know, continue to do what's best for, for Jeff. What does Rivers and, and do so well to get his weapons involved and to be so explosive? The anticipation, the, the timing um, as the pocket is, is, you know, sometimes collapsing on him. You know, he throws sometimes to receivers that are probably 10 to 12 yards away from where they end up catching the ball. Um, stopped one and in, in cut and he threw it and I – stopped it from the end zone and the receiver hadn't even come in into the frame and he pressed play and then he, he's ripping through the ball. Just a lot of anticipation and timing um, to be able to see where guys are going to be, not where they're at now, but where they're going to be in, in the time where the ball gets there. How tough is that to defend? Uh, you almost have to uh, know that it, it's not going to be thrown to where the guy's at. Like it's going to be thrown to a, to a spot and, you know, Henry's, you know, gave him a big boost last week. I think Keenan Allen is, is a really, really good receiver. Um, really like watching him play. Changes speeds. It's, he's, not a, he's not a fast guy, but he plays fast because he changes his speeds and has so much uh, tempo uh, to his routes, in and out of breaks, his quickness. Uh, he's got strong hands. Uh, quarterback trusts him. 
obviously working Gordon back. Um, Eckler. All right, I, let, let's just. I've, I've heard enough. All right, we'll come back. We'll discuss some of the things that we heard. Uh, so Mike Vrabel's got jokes today. So we'll we'll discuss that, and uh, also we'll talk to Terry McCormick. But uh, wanted just to hear what went into the decision making. I don't really. I'm not interested in him talking about Philip Rivers or any of the other stuff. Austin Eckler. So we'll come back. More of this discussion on the other side. There's also news on the Predators front. ESPN 102.5 The Game. Mike, two weeks ago you made the comment, you know, there's no more, no fire the quarterback questions this week. So it, it sounds like you've flipped a lot, about a 180 from then to now. Is it just the last two games have totally changed how you view Marcus? Um, I think it's, it's collectively. I think some of the things that I say to you guys, I mean, obviously if you take everything that I say, I mean, that, that was somewhat of a, a, a joke, but um, you have to look at the body of work and we're really just trying to evaluate um, how we want to try to function the passes that we need to um, complete the uh, the operation, um, getting you know, the entire um, offense to be able to function, score points, move the field, convert third downs. Um, you know, and, and I'm very confident um, after having talked to Marcus and watched him, you know, prepare already today. Um, that if called upon at, at some point in time, um, we expect him to be ready to go. Um, it's not an easy thing for, for any player. Um, I would say that it's not an easy thing for, for a coach that cares about his players, that spends a lot of time with them uh, to make that decision. But we felt like this was the right thing for the team right now. There you go, Mike Vrabel answering Joe Rexroad's question about well, two weeks ago. You said the comment after the Falcons game, glad there's no more fire of the quarterback questions. Right. And then he said, and then all of a sudden it's now viewed as you guys shouldn't be taking me seriously. That was kind of a joke. Really? Mm. Interesting. What it comes off to me is a guy, as I've said before, that at times comes off very smug and he knows more than everybody else and he's got his ways. Just like when I've said, well, maybe you shouldn't have been that way at your first press conference when you were basically poking fun and being smug at the previous staff about how you've got all the answers with this quarterback. And as we sit here a year and six games later, it's very clear you and your staff don't have all the answers to Marcus Mariota. So maybe you shouldn't have been smug in your first press conference here and maybe quit worrying about signs and all the other stuff you did early on and maybe figure out, the coaching stuff, because now that you're a head coach, you're not a player, Mike. Right. And I I just thought, you know, yet again, here's another example of a guy that at times just looks like he's in over his head. He just does. I mean, there have been very questionable calls all season long from him Mm -hmm. that we've talked about. It's That he's coached with emotion. Okay. And, you know, maybe – I I just didn't take – it's a little offensive, quite honestly. I, I may, That was kind of a joke. So based on what? All the jokes that you tell all the time? Right. The, the I, loose I, press conferences that you have and the, the interviews that you do? Because I know when you've come on this show, you certainly didn't tell jokes. We certainly couldn't have fun with you. So now it's viewed as a joke. We're not supposed to take everything you say seriously. Uh, you know, I, I got a problem with that. Mike Vrabel is taking in water, and he's trying to figure out how to get the water out of the boat. 
and he's struggling mightily. He really is. And now the the discussion piece needs to be directed toward the general manager, John Robinson, who made this decision and said he's the guy and identified Mike Vrabel as the guy to change all this. And right now, that picture doesn't look very good. Doesn't look very clear. Now, still a long ways to go. There's 10 games left in the season. But you can ra- you raise your hand out in Radio Land right now of all the stuff we've talked about this season alone from the head coach Mike Vrabel. Forget last year. Does he look like the guy who's going to get the water out of the boat and going to turn this around? Does he look like he's got a good grasp of what's going on as the head coach? Or does he still have the player coach or player hat still on? I think there's too much emotion sometimes. And listen, I, I'm fine with a head coach that's going to show personality. I don't think any of us want to have a Bill Belichick that just gets up there and grumbles every time he does a press conference. So I will at least give Mike Vrabel that, that in year two he's shown a little bit more. But you have to know when to show that. You like I, His answer to Jared the other day of, well, I guess I'm not a very good coach. That's not the right answer. I know you're joking, but that's not the right time to do it because we're sitting here questioning your decisions Things right now. Things are not good, coach. Yeah, if if you if they're four and one, and you make that okay, right? That's, everybody that's, snickers and everybody difference. laughs. Like ha ha, right. Uh, right? Okay, picking on Jared, whatever. But when you're when you're two and three. And you're making a quarterback change, and at that point, it's becoming apparent that you need to make a change. I don't need to hear, well, I guess I'm not a very good coach. Because you know what? People hear that, and they start to believe it when they look at the body of work. And then he says today that, well, you know, sometimes with you guys, you know, don't take everything I say seriously. Like, really? You're the the head coach. We're not supposed to take you seriously? So we're supposed to figure out when you're serious, you're not serious, when you're joking, when it's, I mean, I I don't know what to make of that. I I don't either. I don't I don't like that. That's a that's a you're right. That's a player response. It was a very valid question. Yes. Two weeks ago, you're basically being smug and poking fun at everybody. I guess I don't have to answer all the fire, fire the quarterback questions after you just went in and annihilated a bad Falcons team and everything feels real good and frisky, doesn't it? And then two weeks later, you're making a quarterback change when he's upright and healthy. It's because he hasn't been good. And now you act like, well, that was just a joke. That was just tongue-in-cheek. That was lighthearted. Really? Right. I I just – I don't understand why he gave that response because Joe Rexford was doing his job trying to get answers to, okay, why now? Why why are we making the change now? And that was the, well, you know, I was kind of kidding – couple weeks ago when i said that you, you guys should oh is this another lecture yeah another lecture to the media like we're supposed to figure out and when the fans listen to your press conferences everybody's supposed to figure out what you're really saying oh by the way mike Vrabel, you know your stuff is aired right your post games your press conferences whether it's after game or after practice or before practice you realize the fans listen to that stuff right you understand it's more than just the media that you're talking to. You're talking to your fan base. So it's up to all of us to figure out what you're talking about? Right. Is that what you we're just said to re- today? We're supposed to read minds. Uh, I'm a little confused. Let's go to Will. Will, what's up? Yeah, I want to comment or kind of 
chime in with the discussion about the HC. Everything from the GM trying to mimic the Patriots' way to hiring Brable and Brable coming in never being a head coach at this level, or a head coach for that matter, uh, they're, they're trying to mimic the New England way. You're talking about his press conference delivery. Uh, everything from cutting off sleeves, he's trying to mimic Belichick. And he doesn't have the he doesn't have the pedigree in terms of success at this level. So that's what shows in his uh, coaching persona. He, he is in over his head, and I think that this entire thing is a lot bigger than just Mariota. I mean, I, I think Mariota should have been benched a lot sooner. So. I think it starts from the top. The ownership, the GM, the coach, the product is horrible. And it needs to be corrected. And I don't think this guy is is a true head coach. That's it. Okay, thank you, Will. Appreciate the phone call. Uh, and there's no doubt. This and that's is, a good call. This is more than, than just a quarterback situation. Sure. There's no question. We, we Everybody can recognize it. There's a lot of fingers to go around the room of why it looks the way it does two and four and you know we've already talked and I don't want to just keep rehashing all this stuff but I mean we've already talked about how ridiculous it ever was you're an NFL head coach to come out with a mantra like you're in the NFL like you need a you need a slogan going into a season oh we just thought everybody got paid millions and you just it was a given that you're supposed to go out and have success but you needed a slogan to convince everybody you were going to be successful, I mean, I don't know. There's just, there's just a lot of signs, and the signs are not good. The signs right. point that this guy is in way over his head, and he's taking in a lot of water, and right now he's not getting the water out of the boat. I, and I, I was really concerned with a lot of answers today to some of the questions that were very legit and proper questions to ask on a day like today and I'm still scratching my head at some of the the way, some of the answers to those legit questions sure. from the head coach. Let me ask you this question: when you when you do a breakdown of the Titans as a team, and you split it between offense and defense, from a talent standpoint, we know the defense has played a lot better. But from a pure talent standpoint, do you think they're really that far off both sides? No. Okay. So, no. All right. So we agree on that. What's the biggest difference in those two sides from a leadership standpoint, from from coaching? Uh, You're talking about offense and defense? Yes. Well, the offensive coordinator had never been in that position. Dean Pease has been doing this for a long, 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 long time. And then you add the head coach that doesn't have a ton of experience either, and it's showing on one side of the ball because Vrabel trusts Dean Pease enough to say, Dean – I've known you for a long time. I played for you. I'm not getting in your way. And guess what? It's worked. The defense has played well. The other side, and it's not – this is not Arthur Smith's fault. There's only one way you're going to learn, and that's by doing the job. You can't just you know say, well, you don't have any experience, and then go put them off in a corner and tell them they can't do anything. They have to do it. They ha- that's how you learn the, learn the job. But you're seeing the lack of experience from Arthur Smith, and therefore you're also seeing the lack of experience from the head coach. 
and it showed today. He he's just I think there are times where he's just in a little, you know, in over his head. We'll come back. Uh we'll catch up with Terry McCormick and get his reaction to what we heard and the decision that came out last night. Ian Rappaport of NFL Network is the one that I saw first put it out there and uh that the Titans were indeed going to make a quarterback change, and it's going to be Ryan Tannehill. We'll do that on the other side. ESPN 1025, the game. Well, it'll be more like L.A. Chargers coming to town Sunday, 3.05 kickoff. It'll be Ryan Tannehill under center. Not eight. It'll be 17. Back here on Darren, Donnick, and Chase. Darren McFarland, Chase McCabe, now joined by Terry McCormick, TitanInsider.com. Terry, uh, what did you make of the press conference from Mike Rabel? Well, you know, obviously when you move on from a quarterback, it's an organizational decision and it's uh, a move of desperation in, in a sense because this team's two and four. The offense has been terrible. Not all of that is on Marcus Mariota, but Darren, you know as well as I do that when things don't go right, either the coach or the quarterback is going to take the fall for it. And in this case, the quarterback takes the fall for it because they're not ready to uh, make any sort of coaching change or anything like that. So there you go. What did you make of Mike Vrabel's answer to a legitimate question about, well, two weeks ago you were basically making fun of, you know, basically anybody asking about the quarterback position after the win over the Falcons, and two weeks later you've gone a completely different direction, and it's not because your quarterback is hurt. It's because he's been bad. And so then his yeah. answer was, well, that, that was kind of a joke. I mean, you, you know, you guys can't take everything I say seriously. I'm, I'm paraphrasing, but what, what did you make of that answer from a head coach well, in the NFL? Obviously, that's obviously dodging the question, you know, because he obviously doesn't have an answer for it. And, you know, to me, this whole situation, you know, it it's not exactly like it, but we've seen this play out before, Darren. Uh, when Vince Young was here, and he was a running quarterback, wasn't particularly a good pocket passer, but there were things that he could do and things that you could design and scheme and find ways to win with him. And the Titans refused to overhaul things. And and granted, I'll, I'll say this, that 10 years ago when that saga was playing out, 10, 15 years ago when that saga was playing out, it was a different league. There were no Kyler Murrays, no uh, Lamar Jacksons, you know, no uh, guys like that that are com- now coming into the league and uh, teams are adjusting their scheme to what they do and making it work. You had Vince Young, who you know, who failed because he couldn't play an NFL-style offense. You had Tim Tebow, who couldn't play because he couldn't fit an NFL-style offense. Um you know, those sorts of things. But now, in this day and age, I blame not all of this on Marcus. I blame some of it on Marcus, obviously because he's the one out there throwing the football and running the plays. But I blame some of this on an organizational failure for not embracing enough the style of quarterback he is and tailoring things to what he can do. Good points. Uh, I will say this. I hope the next guy, however that may be, uh, through the draft or whatever, the next guy. I hope he's a statue. That, that's what I hope. I hope. I hope he's a statue. I hope his forty time is fourteen point two. 
uh, because, you know, I, all we've seen, and we can go through the list, Terry, we've seen every every one of them. We've gone through this before, and they all were mobile. And you know what? That hadn't exactly worked out. So I, I'd like a big old statue for a quarterback. How about that? Let's try something different. Yeah, well, let me let me expound on that point because, you know, I think, you know, for whatever reason, this organization has adored Steve McNair, and obviously so because – of the accomplishments he had. But Steve McNair became a quarterback, a, a passing under Mike Heimerdinger, Steve McNair went from a running quarterback who could throw occasionally to a passing quarterback who could run occasionally. The Titans have longed for that type of quarterback forever to replace Steve McNair. And truthfully, there are only a handful of those guys out there. Aaron Rodgers, Andrew Luck. Patrick Mahomes, Deshaun Watson, those are the type guys who can play that type of football, who can make a play with their legs, but their primary objective is to throw the football to open receivers. What the Titans' mistake has been with Vince Young, Jake Locker, and now Marcus Mariota, they keep drafting running quarterbacks who can throw, but they're not throwing quarterbacks who can run. Well said. What do you think? I'm obviously just asking your opinion. Because we're all going to ask it this week. We're all. I, I'm. I'm just telling you right now. I am more intrigued by this game because of the decision. Nothing against Marcus, but if it was, hey, we're sticking with Mariota. Well, we we've watched it for four years and six games, and you know, we'll just have to sit here all week and figure out is it going to be good Marcus or bad Marcus. But with Ryan Tannehill, we truly don't know. So there is more tree intrigue on my end on how this is going to play out on Sunday. I have no idea. But how do you think? It's going to play out. What do you think we're going to be discussing on Monday? Probably how the offensive line is still a problem with this team. I think that's going to be a big factor in this game. I think now I do think that Ryan Tannehill probably fits better the style of play that they want that they want to go with. I think uh, you know play play fakes with seven step drops. That's more Ryan Tannehill's game than it is Marcus Mariota's game, if you're choosing between the two. But I still think that a lot of the problems that are out there with this offense, whether it's the game planning, whether it's the execution, whether it's the play calls, whether it's the talent on the field, I think some of those problems are not going to be fixed just by changing out the quarterback. There's still issues with the offensive line. There's still no speed receiver who can take the top off the defense. And – you know, there's still really only Delaney Walker, and I'm starting to get the feeling about A.J. Brown, that are going to be consistent playmakers uh, in the passing game. They still want to base everything off of Derrick Henry, but the problem is the, the offensive line hasn't been good enough even to sustain that to keep them in second and three, third and one type situations so that you can use play action and that you can use the element of surprise of, passing when you're on running downs or and, and vice versa. You know, to me, Tannehill may come in and he may play well. We've seen this happen before. We saw Kerry Collins come in and play well at times. We saw Matt Hasselbeck come in and play well at times. We saw Ryan Fitzpatrick come in and play well at times. But Tannehill is a bridge quarterback. He's probably unless he surprises me, he's probably not going to be the answer to what all ails them. Terry McCormick, TitanInsider.com. Here with us on Darren Donick and Chase. I, I'm curious of 
what Arthur Smith can now do with a different quarterback. Because a lot of the things, Terry, that we've talked about has been, you know, Marcus, when he has that first read, he's money. But when he has to go through progressions, that's where he struggles. Do you think this opens up the playbook for Arthur Smith a little bit more where maybe we can see that Arthur Smith actually knows what he's doing as OC? Well, I guess it can't hurt. We're certainly going to find out because – you know, it seems like they've just been doing the same boring, predictable stuff. And we'll see if, you know, if more of it was on Marcus or if more of it was on Arthur Smith and the play calling. But uh, the comp- that combination certainly didn't get it done. And I think when you look at, you know, going forward with Ryan Tannehill, I guess we'll see how much they open things up or how much a difference, you know, having – a different guy under center makes, but I think the jury's still way out on that. Steve Lehman of News Channel 5 put on Twitter, uh, Mariota said his expect expectation was always to be the best quarterback he can be for this team. Quote, until the day I die, I know I gave it all I got. End quote. If this is, and I've brought this up to Darren and Willie before, if this is it, if this is the end of the Mariota era for the Tennessee Titans, do you believe he plays somewhere else, or do you think this could be a, a Jake Locker, Andrew Luck situation where he's like, I'm done? Well, I think he probably will go somewhere else. I think Marcus has that, still has that competitive fire. I know a lot of people don't think that uh, he's the, the most you know, fiery of guys in terms of his demeanor, but you, know, you saw it early in his career. He was a guy that didn't mind battling. He was a guy that, you know, in his own way, didn't mind, you know, he'd throw a block for his running back to get a first down, that sort of thing, and uh, would uh, be able to do those sorts of things to will a team to victory. But uh, I think he will wind up somewhere, and I hope he winds up somewhere where whoever gets him will use him in the right way just to see what his, what his ceiling really is. Do you think that we're going to see more out of Adam Humphreys? Because that's been a giant disappointment so far after – the big signing over over the off season, he just hasn't been very involved. Yeah, you're right. I, I thought he would be a lot more involved. I thought he would be a safety valve for Marcus and the offense uh, on those third downs, just moving the chains. But uh, he's kind of been a forgotten man, and for whatever reason, I don't know. But uh, it it might be that this benefits Adam Humphreys in some way because they're paying him way too much money just to be a punt returner. So if you're doing the evaluation of John Robinson, who is somebody that definitely has to answer some questions in all of this, I also have brought up that I think if you look at his draft classes, while still incomplete in some areas, he's drafted okay. It's the free agency signings that I'm worried about, that being Deion Lewis, Adam Humphreys, as we just mentioned, Roger Saffold. I I do have some concerns there. Yeah, it certainly looks bad in terms of a grade for – how you would evaluate his free agent pickups. I think I think one of the things he's been guilty of, and not necessarily with Humphreys because I think he still has a lot to offer, but I think he's getting the tail end of Deion Lewis's career and he's getting the tail end of Roger Saffold's career. You know, there's Floyd Reese, when he was the general manager, would always say, if you don't give big money to guys who are on the wrong side of 30 unless they're quarterbacks, you know, that's still playing at a high level. And I think that those are mistakes that John Robinson has made. He's given guys who are too close to the tail end of their career big money, and they're, and they're not producing like they did in their previous stops. 
Terry, you know this. We've been out to San Diego together to cover this game. We've seen the Chargers here. We've seen the Chargers out in California, in Southern California, whether in San Diego or uh, L.A., and uh, the results have not been good for the Titans over the years. So, No, I, I you think, think I saw that they were like 1-12 in 12 in their last 13 meetings or something like that. I think I saw it's, that. It's a, it's a horrible history against the Chargers. How do you think this is going to play out on Sunday? Uh, well, you'd like to think that this sparks the Titans, but, uh, you know, they're going to have to make a believer out of me. I'm, I'm going with the Chargers. Yeah, especially with that, uh, with some of the games we've seen over the years. Terry, really appreciate it. Uh, hope you're doing better in your recovery and we'll talk soon. All right. Thanks. Terry McCormick, TitanInsider.com. We'll come back and wrap up the second hour next. Injuries have been a part of your past, and sacks have been a problem here. Uh, how do you keep yourself from, I don't want to say, you know, getting killed, but with the sacks being what they are, how do you keep yourself healthy this year? It all works together. You know, a quarterback has to get the ball out, um, the line has to block, and the receivers have to get open. It's, uh, it's a function of all three working together, and uh, I don't think it's been any one thing so far this season. It's unfortunately been a kind of combination of, of all three things, so... Um, we all have to control what we can control and, and execute the way we were coached to and we're expected to. So uh, really we just need to come together as an offensive unit and, um, and execute. Ryan Tannehill talking to the media after he was informed he will indeed be the starter against the Chargers on Sunday. Remember a later start, 3.05 kickoff at Nissan Stadium. And as we've discussed today, Chase and I are very intrigued. The, our interest level went up. Now, we were going to watch and we were going to be invested in the game no matter what anyway. It's kind of our job. But levels went up with this yeah. decision because I, I do want to see what in the world it looks like with somebody else. Does it look any different? Does it look worse? Does it look the same? Does it look better? I'm dying to see what that is on Sunday. I have no clue, which is kind of what we've been saying every Friday. I'm pick six about the Titans. We keep picking them, but we kind of say every week, I have no clue what they're going to look like or what team's going to show up. That's not good, obviously. That means right. you're you're basically an average team if nobody can figure out from week to week what you are. But I have no idea on Monday what is going to be the reaction. I suspect there's a chance there's a chance it could look really good you can have everybody really excited afterwards there's a chance but then unfortunately we'll have to do our job and temper it a little bit and say okay as as your i'll use your line now let's do it again do it again do it again yep. now let let's do another week but they, they had a long ways to go to get to that point yeah it, they just need to go out and win a game i mean that's really what they need to do and then let's see how it looks is it a is it a, a pretty win is it an ugly win is it somewhere in the middle that's what they have to do they just need to win a game and I, i've been scouring twitter you know the the locker room is open right now so a lot of the media members are in the locker room talking to the players and um i thought it was interesting some answers you know to the quarterback change question taylor lawan giving you the stock answer of I can't be concerned with that. I got to be the best left tackle I can be, yada, 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 what you always hear out of him. A.J. Brown is just showing us every 
every time he talks, every time he plays, like he's a rookie, but he, I think he understands how this works. And he says that I got to do my job better and make, you know, make some of these plays, catch some of these balls that are coming my way. I feel partly responsible for Marcus being, being benched because I didn't do my job well enough. Now, I don't think that's necessarily true. Was he specific? Like, what did he not do well enough? What was it? Well, he's just saying he's got to make make the plays when they come his way. Is essentially so I'm he has paraphrasing. to catch ev- everything. Yeah. or needs more separation. I think what's jumped out at me. I respect Chase, that. I respect that answer. It's not all in him, but I do respect that answer. But, but we're getting that a lot, though. I mean, we got Mike Vrabel. I need to coach better. We need to be better. We need to play better. True. Taylor Lewan is giving this. I need to play better. I need. Okay, that's fine. I, I what I would like to know at this point through six games from everybody. You're the pros. You're in the meetings. You you talk about this. This is your livelihood. This is what you do. Okay, be more specific. Okay, so Mike Vrabel, I need to coach better. Okay, in what aspects? What do you need to do better? Do you need to your challenges? They stink. Do you need to be better at your challenges? Do you need to be better at knowing when to kick a field goal, when not to? Do you need to know when to put a Dory Jackson back there for a return, when not to? Or maybe just get rid of that and scrap that all together? Like, just, let's give us some specific. Like, what do you need to be better at? Taylor Lewan, what what do you need to be better at? Like, do you need to stop jumping off sides? Do you need to stop holding? Like. Give us specifics. You're talking about stuff. It's a canned throwaway line. Well, I need to be better. Well, I oh, agree. Okay. Well, I, I want to hear uh, them be accountable. I would love to hear that. I, I know, but it, it's starting to sound like just words. Well, I need to play better. I need to coach better. Oh, okay. Because so far they, they are just words. But be, they haven't been able to exactly. do it. Exactly. So, so if it's every week and nothing's changing, isn't it just words? They're not actions. They're words. I want to know when, when they're saying, because this is the way I look at it. I keep, we keep hearing this over and over and over again. That's fine. But, okay, you're, that's your world. Tell us what you need to be better at. Right. If it's a coach or a player, tell us what – specifically tell us, what are you trying to get better at? This is the specific – tweet from teron davenport he puts this out aj brown says he has to do a better job of getting open feels okay partly that is specific thank you he has to do a better job of getting open feels partly responsible for marcus Mariota not getting the start teron ads have to respect that thank you aj brown that's at least that's more specific he's saying i need separation i need to get open right and it's not look AJ Brown. I know, I know. I mean, it's it's. I n- love this guy. <laughs> it's, it's a nice thing what he's doing. He's a rookie, but let's be honest, people are pretty geeked for good reason on AJ Brown. Yeah, that looks like that's going to be a really good draft pick. It looks like it. Right. It's right now very, it does. There have been very few receivers that have grabbed our attention in the twenty plus years the Titans have been here, especially this early on, where everybody's going, "Hmm, wow, he- okay." Here's the here's the question that I want answered. And I want an answer from John Robinson and I want an answer from Mike Vrabel. It's the exact same one I asked you in the last segment. If the talent really isn't that different on both sides of the ball, why is there such a huge difference in production? That's the question that I want them to answer. Right, because the defense has held everybody under 20 this entire year, correct? Mm-hmm. And they're 2 and 4. Yeah. Think about that. Think about today's game, today's offense, today's rules, the way the game is played today, everything, everything is skewed toward the offense. They have held their opponents through six games 
Under, I'm just doing this off the top of my head. Under 20 points, right? Nobody's been in the 20s. Yeah. Is that right? But, uh, Look it up. I think. Yeah, I, I can't I think mean, of I any. Think I mean, right. I'm going through the games in my well, head. Well, maybe, maybe Jacksonville. What uh, was that one? What was the final there? Tell me. Uh, let's see. So, so Browns 43, was what, 17-19. Yeah, 20. So 20-7 to 7 was the final for Jacksonville. So 20 points is the mm-hmm. most they've given. Uh, Bills, they gave up 14. Yep. We Cleveland, know last they, week Cleveland, was they gave up 13. They 13. gave up seven, or 19 to Indy, 20 to Jacksonville, 10 to Atlanta. points in six games, Chase. 20 points. Yeah. One get, That's the most they've given up is 20 points, and they're 2-4. and four. Mm-hmm. And yet the offense has gone 10 quarters. 10 quarters, and they've put up how many points in 10 quarters? Can you tell me just off the top of your head? I'll give you the answer. Seven. seven. Yeah. Seven points in ten the last ten quarters. Which is And just, you tell me that everything is the same? It's it's equal? Offense and defense is equal? Yeah. And look at the two games two games that they won, forty three points, twenty four points. They got over twenty. And that's what we said at the beginning of the year. It was the it was the old, you know, predators adage of if you get to three, three or more, three or more, you're pretty good. Well, they haven't been able to do that. Well, it looks like from what we just said, the magic number is twenty one points. You yeah. get to twenty one, you're guaranteed victory. C Rod, what's up? Hey, what's going on, guys? How you doing? Hey, I just had some real quick. Um I think I think Mike Grable, he doesn't give um he doesn't take like the responsibility of his play calls. He doesn't say Hey, I made that bad mistake. Hey, I did that. Hey, I no, he doesn't do that. I think he's part of Marcus being benched too because some of the play calls, because some of the discussions that you guys have, you wouldn't be having it if he didn't make that play call. Well, Mike Vrabel's not making the play calls. It's it's Arthur Smith, but no, I mean, I mean, not the not the not the not the full play calls. I mean, like when it's fourth down. Oh, you know, got decisions. I got decisions. Okay, yeah. sure, sure, yes, sir. Yeah, that's it. Okay. Yeah. Thanks. Good call. Um, you know, the only time he's admitted to anything is what and took us by surprise to see Rod's point is when he came out and said, "Yeah, if I could do that over again, I would have kicked the field goal." What? Which we all knew. Ninety nine point nine percent were all screaming the top of their lungs. What are you doing going for it? Why wouldn't you kick the field goal and go up seventeen? To my knowledge, that's really the only time he's got right. He's he stuck his guns from the most. That's what took us by surprise right. that he actually came out and admitted he would have done it differently I, the I, next day. Because I think for so long he just felt like I don't have to answer to you. I, I'm it's my decision. I'm the head coach, and now he's realizing no, you kind of do. That's a part of the job. Yeah. Let's go to Adam real quick up in Portland. Adam, final what, call of the hour. What's up? Heck yeah, buddy. Uh, so I just I'm sitting here listening to you guys and. I, I love your approach to it. Honestly, this is where we're at. This is where I am. I'm a huge Titans. I'm a huge Preds fan. When we had to let PK go, I understand. It broke my heart. It broke my spirit because I know what he's done for Nashville. We were, I want to say, irrelevant. I mean, we were coming on, but we were irrelevant. He really came in and pushed us. So we fell in love with PK, man. I, but he headed up the worst power play, I think, in history. It was so bad. And so you had to make the switch, and it kills you, but you had to. It's the same thing with Marcus. Like, we, he means something to us. If he wasn't an awesome person, we wouldn't even be having this discussion, dude. He's an awesome person, but it's a switch that had to be made. We're just giving him too much credit because we love him. 
Yeah. Hey, fair points. Adam, thanks for fair. the call, as always. Yeah, I don't disagree with that yeah. at all. Uh, that'll close the book on hour number two. Man, that was good. We'll come back. Tim Hasselbeck, our weekly chat with him. We'll get him to weigh in on the decision. We do that next on Darren, Donick, and Chase, ESPN 1025, The Game.